1: Hey everyone, Joe Waters here at SelfishGiving.com, and I wanted to welcome my wonderful co-host today, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan.
0: Hi, I'm Megan Strand at CosmarketingForum.com. <laughs> Is that why we're introducing ourselves now?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of those things, it's the, you know, it's the week before New Year's and stuff Are like that. Are you still that. hungover? Is now, that Yeah, now I, I, had, I had so much eggnog <laughs> on Christmas Eve, you know, and I, I didn't realize until like the fifth cup that they had spiked it.
0: Oh Lord! Right,
1: because I always to. drink it just for the sugar. I don't drink it for the booze. <laughs> you know which pot I like, right? Uh, but how was your holiday, Miss Megan?
0: It was fantastic. Did still all your, here living still the dream? Here,
1: all your, you know, all your cause marketing dreams came true.
0: <laughs> all of my cause marketing dreams came true. Yes,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, welcome everyone. It's really nice to have you here today. And unfortunately, it's just me and Megan, right, Megan? That's not unfortunately, it's fun. You know, that's what I think too. We want to do more shows like this. I mean, that was something that we talked about uh, last month when we did another show like this that got a good response from people. Uh, But we'll have another show here. And before the new year, you and I wanted to get on the line and talk a little bit about campaigns from 2015 and then take a look ahead to campaigns in 2016. Pull out your crystal ball. That's right. That's right. Now, you know, next week I have my uh, big uh, best of cause marketing coming out and I do it every year and I've got my 10 top picks and I've got it almost done. I'm just doing some final edits to it. And uh, that's always a fun uh, project that I do, Megan. And I know you do something similar at the cause marketing forum too. And you folks are always looking in your crystal ball. I can think of it as kind of a mini halo Awards, (laughs) right? Without the people. (laughs) Uh, without the fanfare. Without without, the awards. Yeah, without the awards. Um, But, you know, where I sit back and I say, hey, I really like these campaigns this year.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about a couple of them. I don't, I really am not sure I can talk about all 10. So pick some of your favorites. Let's.
1: No, we're not going to talk about about all 10. Why would we give them all away like that? Well, you know what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about some of the people that were on my list uh, for this year. You know, I ended up putting together, you and I put together a secret board, That's right. Pinterest, right? Where we were kind of putting in all our favorite campaigns and stuff like that. So, you know, I was plugging in all the different ones that I liked. I mean, one of the ones that I liked, and it was from someone recently who was on the show, was H&R Block's Dollar and Cents campaign. Um, You know, that was a campaign I thought that was incredible, not only because it's been around for so long, but last year they had a stellar year with the program.
0: That's right. I agree. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because... You are doing a, you do every year a top cause campaigns, but this year we asked some of our agency friends to do a trends piece that we published in Forbes, Top 5 Cause Marketing Trends for 2015, and this exact campaign was brought up, the budget mm-hmm. challenge, because the trend was looking ahead to engage Gen Z. And we yeah. talked a little bit about it on the h and Block show. But this is a big thing. You know, you've got all sorts of people starting to segment millennials and starting to talk about how Gen Z is different from millennials. And Joe and I just get confused and cross-eyed because we're too old to relate to any of it. <laughs>
1: but we're like Gen Z.
0: Apparently, something. this is some sort of important Age group.
1: Yeah. yeah, No, absolutely. And you know what I think is interesting too is even though H&I Block has been doing the program for a long time, they made a major commitment last year of giving away $3 million. That's one of the things I was really impressed with. So in addition to having a content piece and educating uh, especially teens on finances, they also had a contest piece.
0: Well, and that piece is so huge because, as we know from our friends at dosomething.org, the scholarship contests move teens to action because yeah. that's something that's important to them. That's so right. it was interesting that h and I mean, Do Something's scholarships tend to be slightly smaller than that, but I mean, $3 million in scholarships is nothing to sneeze at. So yeah. good for them. Great yeah. job, H&R Block.
1: Yeah, H&R Block, great job. So what about you, Megan? Who's on your list this year?
0: Oh well one company that I think is I don't know if it's going to make your final list I haven't even seen your final list I feel like I'm in the dark here a little bit but um it's not really a campaign it's a company and mm-hmm. it's a company whose founder is going to be speaking at the 2016 cause marketing forum which I'm oh, wow. excited about yeah. and that's cheeky home so The way we're sort of thinking of Cheeky is like the next Tom's because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm so sick of people saying, oh, you know, it's kind of like Tom's, but (laughs) you know, how many times have you heard that? Right,
1: right, right, right. right, So
0: I'm looking forward to like 2017 when people are like, it's kind of like Cheeky, but Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. Cheeky Home is a cause-based product line and they sell flatware And it's sort of decorative plates and knives and spoons and napkins. And they give a portion of every purchase to Feeding America. And they only are sold at Target. So they Mm -hmm. have this amazing retailer exclusivity. And they're sort of taking the whole flatware line by storm. And they have other products, too, that they have started to spin off, Mm -hmm. which I hope PJ Bryce will talk about when he comes to the conference to talk. But he's speaking at Cause Marketing Forum. So that's one of my... I feel like glimmer of hope in the future that we're not going to all be talking about to- nothing against Tom's. Right, Tom's is great sure. and it's time for like a new cause business which I think I'm hoping. I don't know what you what do you think? 2016 are we going to see a few more like real cause businesses? I think
1: so. You know, I think it's a real thing. And I think there's been a lot of successful examples out there so far, like Tom's and Warby Parker. And we've had- uh, Box kind, Lunch. Yeah. Box Lunch, who we just had on last week. What was that? Episode 146, I think. Ooh. Um, and, you know, and that was another uh, great example of cause businesses. So the depth, you know, what's interesting about Cheeky though, is it seems like Cheeky has ro- has risen very quickly.
0: Yeah, well, it's the Target piece.
1: Yeah. I mean, that must be, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what's interesting too is this is not something directly from Target. You know, you would think in some ways that, you know, and Target has pulled off a lot of cause marketing programs on their own, but it's good for them to also work closely with cause businesses.
0: For sure. And they've actually, they've done, I feel like they've done a lot of experimentation. They had a Tom's limited line. They had a feed, you know, that feed bag Mm -hmm. that they had. They did a partnership with feed. They've done a bunch of different stuff. Although the big news, I think this year from Target was that they're pivoting away from their major cause focus, which is education To health and wellness, which I don't know. What do you think about that move?
1: You know, I think people respond to strong emotional issues. And I think health is as strong an issue as education. So I see, you know, in almost in the world of cause, I see them as very synonymous.
0: Hmm. What do you think? I mean,
1: do you not think that? I
0: just was, I was shocked. I will say I was shocked.
1: Yeah. But it is good to shake things up.
0: I mean, I, For I sure. can see. I, and they can pull it off. If anybody can pull it off, Target can pull it off. It just seems like such a huge pivot from education, which was such a big part of what they did mm-hmm. with, you know, the red card and 1% going to local schools and all of that stuff. I mean, I don't know. It just seems yeah. I, I think, look forward
1: to seeing what they're doing. I think you could argue, though, that if there is a stronger cause sector than education, it would be health. True. True you know and I mean, the
0: other i mean the other piece that they're doing that i think is smart is their and you can't really do this with education i mean you can to a little limited degree but with with health they're they're really trying to look at their product lines and the products they sell and the vendors they associate with and try to really infuse health into everything that they're doing um they're probably taking a page from CVS and you know they're cessation of tobacco yeah. sales yep. from their yep. stores. So I don't know. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Well, what else hopefully
1: we'll see another big business move to education from That's help, right. right. That would That's be right. great if we had something like that. Doors open, people. <laughs> you heard it here <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are it there first. Hey, one of the campaigns like? that I want to go back to, and this is from the beginning of 2015, was I'm our friend I'm uh, Mason Wortman who Most. at Rose's so Fresh great. Pizza in Philadelphia. And I think this is just an incredible story and it seems to still have mileage in it. You know, Mason opens a one location pizza chain. Someone comes to the counter one day and they say, hey, I want to buy a pizza for, slice of pizza for myself, but I also want to buy a slice for someone in need. He says, okay, I'll... You know, I'll write your donation on this sticky and we'll leave it here at the front and people can just pull the sticky off to the wall and re- redeem it uh, for a slice. And this turned into such a phenomenon. Um, not only did we interview them, you know, what was interesting, Megan, and I wonder if this is a, true with Cause Update too, is that was my most popular post of the year.
0: Well, because he was on Ellen.
1: Yeah, he was on <laughs> Ellen and I think- I, <laughs> I mean, know,
0: after Cause Update. I'm that's, sure that's right. That, yeah, I,
1: th- I think that's a big thing. Well, you know what I think? I think Ellen- found him on SelfishGiving.com. Probably. Probably, yeah. Except they,
0: he was on Ellen first, but that's okay. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Well, okay, so here's the biggest thing with that whole story and the reason I think it worked. Yeah. First of all, he's obviously a very generous person to have done this, but second of all, his location was literally, you'd have to step over people sleeping on the no, street to get to his that? pizza remember joint.
1: That? He was saying too that like the business uh, to the right and left of them and the strip mall he was in were both like closed. Vacant. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and it just goes to show. But you know what I love about something like this and that's why this is making my list definitely this year and I'm leading with this too, is it really shows that anyone can do cause marketing, any type of business. Yes, for sure. Yeah.
0: And it it's such I think the other reason it worked was that that piece about it being so local and so tangible. And it was like, you know, I'm buying a slice of pizza for myself, I can buy a slice of pizza for somebody else. And most people he said felt like they had been there. You know, mm-hmm. like, I've been there. I've needed a, somebody to buy me a slice of pizza so I can relate. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Who's right, on your list? Who else is on your list, Okay, Megan? here's
0: this. This one I think is making your list, and I hope it is. It didn't get as much play as I thought it would, but I hope to see more of it from them. But the Doritos Rainbows
1: mm, that campaign was a good one. where
0: they changed <laughs> their chip colors to rainbow colors, Doritos, yeah. and their packaging in support of lgbt youth yeah. and i just thought that was so smart and it was just a limited version yeah. well you could it only sold out um, immediately
1: you can only you could only order it online
0: no i know and and they were giving it out at some giant parade that right. i'm blanking on right now i don't know if it was let's see it was september so when were they giving it what parade would that have been
1: no mm-hmm. got me
0: not like the Macy's Day parade but it was like a giant like a uh, gay pride parade or something and yep. they were giving out it there so you could only get it online or at the parade but um i just thought this was so smart and again to go back to the trends list this was another trend that uh cone communications came up with and they were talking about packaging and how important mm-hmm. packaging is and you know you know joe that you only have a second to make an impression on a consumer when it comes to a cause campaign and packaging is a great way to do that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this campaign really probably hit the nail on the head very visibly. Their normal bag is red. This bag is white. Yep. And, you know,
1: I don't know. I feel like it worked well. Well, you know, one of the things I love is I love when companies take a stand on an issue because in a lot of ways, there was a lot of division around this. And, uh, you know, what wasn't the most popular decision with some people in the country. I mean, co- uh, conservatives called for a, a boycott <laughs> of Doritos. And, uh, you know, so, so- Conservatives are always calling for boycotts of something or other. <laughs> you know, but at least Doritos came down on the side of something. Totally. Said, look, you know, we we support this, and we're doing something good. Uh, And you know, the organization they're talking about too, that it supported, went to helping kids who struggle with uh, confidence, with self esteem issues around their choices. And I can't think of anything more important than that.
0: Absolutely. Well, which sort of makes me think of this another campaign that I think you're including that I would love for you to talk about, and that's the Starbucks Race Together.
1: Yes, which I know. didn't quite go as no, well. No, it's, it's you know I think it's you know it's very interesting with something like that too. Is that it, it, you know I, I think Starbucks is going to make my list of top programs, and I think that's really going to probably surprise everyone except me, you, and another guest that we've had, on Phil the Hade. show. Phil Haid, right? And because Phil uh, wrote a great article, I think it was in Fa- Fast Company, talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race together and how this really represented uh, corporate leadership. So explain um, it. what it was. Well, you know, the Race Together promotion was encouraging baristas and customers to talk about race issues. And, uh, you know, it was happening in Starbucks stores. And it seemed like, Megan, just as soon as the promotion came out, uh, people started to criticize it and attack it, wondering whether or not, first of all, that was something appropriate that Starbucks should be talking about, but also wondering if the conversation with the barista was really the best place to be talking about, about race, race relations, you know. Yeah. You know it, you know, one of the things I found very interesting is I thought In that debate, there were kind of a lot of derogatory things said about baristas, uh, that maybe they weren't capable of talking about race relations and that's why they shouldn't have done it. And I didn't really like that perspective on it at all. One of the things I think is baristas are just so done busy, uh, behind there whipping up those drinks. I mean, the process at Starbucks in terms of the drinks and doing everything else is a lot more complex than people, uh, realize. And I know this, Megan, because I've written three books in a Starbucks, right? So no one knows Starbucks better than I do
0: a lot of that's right okay but think about this we haven't talked about this though talk about a crystal ball I mean race being an issue in 2015 I mean this campaign was incredibly prophetic don't you feel
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're, we're and again, it goes back to uh, companies taking a stand on an issue. And this is something that I think Starbucks should be commended for. The execution was not right. It was, you know, in terms of how they did it. And one thing I will say though, too, Megan, I wonder if you agree with this, is um, the, even though Starbucks was criticized for the campaign, the impact on the company was neg- negligible. Uh, because I don't think we saw any blip in terms of people going to Starbucks or people buying Starbucks stock or, sta- you know, Starbucks st- stock staying at an all time high. Uh, so I think those three things are still in place.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, you know, people like to get on social media and gripe about Starbucks, apparently, like when they, the whole Red Cup thing around the holidays. I got to imagine that it's just ends up being good PR for Starbucks.
1: Yeah, no, I think, (laughs) you know, and and it goes to show, though, just how iconic Starbucks has become um, in terms of not only being that place where we sit and we have a cup of coffee, but where we really are talking about the issues of the day, even if they are self-generated by Starbucks.
0: I agree. I agree. No, I think that that should make your list if it hasn't already.
1: Yeah. No, I thought that was a good one, but I'm expecting to get some pushback on that one. So I may need you to defend me.
0: You know what we should do? We should declare a top controversial cause campaign of 2015.
1: I like that. I like that idea. I think we should do that every year. Totally. Yeah.
0: We'd have to put a little bit more thought into it though to (laughs) make sure that was actually the right one.
1: Well, there are I a lot of them out there. You know, I, I mean, know. It, you know, that's the thing too, is I like when we see companies, I mean, I don't like, you know, recklessness or stupidity or anything like no. that, but I do like when companies put themselves out there, they think about these issues and they think about what they stand for and, they take and what they want to be. Yeah. And they take a risk and stuff like that. And they do get people talking um, about these things. And I can tell you one thing, sitting around talking about the race together mm-hmm. issue was a lot more important than talking about those damn red cups. Oh my gosh. Oh. Don't get me started.
0: All right, I want to talk about one other effort that we learned about this year. We had uh, a representative on the show whose name you will never forget. Her name was Genevieve <laughs> Martin. With Dave's killer
1: head. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, and, and, and you go sh- back, go back to that episode, folks, one, uh, episode 134. <laughs> and, um, and, and listen I, to Joe, I, just I, I thought, bobble. I thought her name was Genevieve. I'm sorry. I have no problem with Genevieve, uh, 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 but uh, but Genevieve. And I think I say Genevieve <laughs> at least three times every day now.
0: Incorrectly. Right? Because even when I
1: meet people that their names are Genevieve, I said, oh, have you ever considered changing your name to <laughs> Jean Viev.
0: <laughs> anyway, Jean Viev was on Cause Talk Radio to talk about Dave's Killer Bread, which was founded by an ex-con, essentially, mm-hmm. right here in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And no he, surprise there. No surprise there. <laughs> and it's it's an amazing bread company now. And that was years and years ago. Now it's like a flourishing company. But a third of their employees are have criminal backgrounds. Yeah. And so what Dave's has done is really taken a stand and trying to help other employers understand the importance of what they call second-chance employment. Mm -hmm. And they have a whole summit. I actually went to it this year. And it's really this whole cause messaging piece. It's really about, you know, we're doing this. It's okay. Here's some education. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Really spearheading an issue that's personal to the company. And I think that's so important. And I think we're going to see more of that. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, pulling out the crystal ball to 2016 – uh, we happen to have heard that, for example, this is not the exact same thing, but Colgate's doing a Super Bowl commercial and their message is don't waste water. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're going to – we've already started seeing more companies taking a stand about trying to get people to change their attitudes or their behaviors right. or to you know, take to, to yep. a small social action or to reconsider something as in race together. And I think we're going to see more of that in 2016. Yeah. What do you think?
1: No, I, I think definitely we'll see more of it. I mean one of the things I love about Dave's is not only do they get 30 percent of their workforce – from um you know that uh former cons or convicts and uh, but uh they also are you know have developed like a playbook for other companies, so that yes. they can do the same. The tough thing about Dave's Killer Bread, and people have talked to me about this since we did the show, too, Megan, is Dave Dahl, who started the program, is back in jail, um, or he's recently released, or something like that. So it's kind of you know, it's it's in 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 talking about it, it's kind of like it's both a really powerful story, but it's also kind of a sad story too. That the person who founded the company and kind of created this mission has you know has struggled mightily himself. Uh, with these types of issues but it just goes to show that why these people need a second chance which is what uh dave skill is doing for them
0: right and i mean quite frankly i would assume that's reality i mean it's yeah. not everyone's going to 100 bounce back and never yeah. struggle with whatever they're struggling with again right um whether you're an uh, have a criminal background or not i mean that's true yeah. in just general life yeah. so look well, how many yeah, times I, you've been but back I don't, to prison? I don't think that you <laughs> 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 you always just have to do that
1: to me don't you? absolutely <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Um,
0: Now you've completely derailed my train of thought. I have no idea what I was going to (laughs) say.
1: But it is. But, you know, one of the things that I think. It's so
0: important is my point.
1: Yes, absolutely. No, I mean, hey, this is God's work. I mean, the stuff that they're doing at Dave's Killer Bread is incredible, and this isn't about supporting a cause that everyone loves and supports, like saving baby seals or something like that. This is about helping criminals. This is about people who are in real need and need a second start. I mean, this is the type of issue I would love to see every company embrace, something that's really challenging, something that is different, but something that fulfills a real need. And, you know, in this case, Dave is really the only one that can do something like this because it's so authentic to the brand, Yep. you know, which is so important for something like that. But you know what I think is critical about Dave's though for 2016 is I do think it's a great example of how we're going to see more company-led cause marketing in 2016. Mm-hmm. I thought we saw a ton of it in 2015, but we're yep. going to see even more about. And what that means is instead of uh, partnering with a nonprofit to accomplish certain goals brands are going to go out on their own and act like nonprofits in very important and significant ways. And, uh, and you know, and I've said to nonprofits too, Megan, like this is, you know, this is a challenge to you uh, that for-profits are out doing this type of work. And I think it makes the case even more that nonprofits really need to show people that they're having an impact because if they don't, companies are more than happy, especially these days, to go out and do it for them.
0: Well, and I think there's that comes in two flavors and one flavor is awesome and one flavor is pretty yucky. And mm-hmm. the yucky flavor is companies that go out and just recreate the wheel and say we're going to go save the baby seals even though there's seven yeah. nonprofits that are doing a great job. They right. just are like, "No, right. we're just going to own this." Yeah. So I don't like that, but yeah. the thing that I do like is what like Wendy's does, for example. So mm-hmm. they work, their their signature cause is adoption and they work with foster care kids that are particularly hard to place so what they do is give like special recruitment attention to finding families specifically for those hard to place kids and i think that's smart because they have seen a hole in the adoption foster care system and they're trying to fill it by basically funding people to do extra due diligence and find homes for these kids and it's working Mm -hmm. so you know i'm not to say that a nonprofit couldn't do that but they apparently they're not yeah um so yeah. that's the sort of thing that I do
1: like. Yeah, no, I think I think when um, you know a for profit sees something out there, a cause in the world that is either not supported or not having enough impact with the people that are supporting it, that's where I think they could. Re- I, and I think that's that's a good case for stepping in and saying, "Hey, we're going to do this instead." Of course, you know, some issues, Megan, they just have incredible infrastructure to them. It's not that easy, yeah. uh, but yes. with some other issues you know, they can do it on their own.
0: Well, and the the other thing I hope we see more in 2016, we started to see a little bit of it in 2015, is more alliances, whether it's multiple businesses and multiple nonprofits or one business and multiple nonprofits. But, I mean, come on, people. Can we not solve these issues by working together better than we can in a siloized vacuum? Yeah, That's how it it feels. But I I understand that that's such a complex thing to do. And you Mm. just make everything so much more complicated when you're doing something like that. But really, at the end of the day, consumers are looking for, you're right, impact. Yep. But they're looking for people to do these things in a start, smart, strategic way. And mm-hmm. most businesses look at other strategic partnerships in that way. Like, what can we do to you know, get ourselves where we need to be by forming strategic alliances? And they put a lot of time and energy into it, It's got to be the same with cause.
1: Yeah. And you know what's good, uh, Megan, now instead of like when I first started really pitching cause marketing programs back in 2000 is there is a real sense out there now among businesses that this is something they should be doing. Yes. Know, back then, you really had to convince businesses to do something, and it was very transactional and uh, very mm-hmm. tactical in terms of the types of programs that they do. And now businesses are, I think, much more thoughtful and really thinking about what they should be doing and what difference they want to have in the world.
0: But I will say that I do think that consumers and employees are really driving that. Absolutely. Because they're starting to demand it and yeah. saying, you know, what are you doing? And, oh, that's another trend we should talk about. When do you think we're going to see people start to push back on those point of sale campaigns saying, how much are you donating if you're asking me to donate? That's a good question. You talk about that all the time.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And my thinking, if I can just look ahead to 2016, is not anytime soon. And the reason why is because I think the amount of money that is raised through these programs, and I also think a lot of these point-of-sale programs are being done much more effectively in terms of uh, educating employees, um, using technology to make it fast and easy for consumers, uh, offering incentives to not only employees, but also to customers uh, to to drive the campaign. So I think there's a lot of good things happening with point-of-sale. Do I think pinups and register programs of the future of cause marketing, probably not. Uh, but right now, when the you know when the consumer still gets to the register and they open up their wallet, that's still a great time to ask them to donate.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And and companies I think are getting smarter about doing that online as well. Like yeah. when we talked to Box Lunch, they allow consumers to round up their purchase, which right. I still do not understand why more companies don't do. It just seems yeah. like such a no brainer oh, right. to me. But that whole embedded cause piece, I think. The more integrated across every touch that you have with a consumer or employee, that can be the better.
1: Yep. No, I think, and that's the thing we have to see with point of sale programs too, is that they're just one piece of the puzzle. So that what we're seeing is, uh, you know, a lot more integrated campaigns where, uh, you know, brands are combining a lot of different things in addition to point of sale, which could include action trigger donations, some type of digital program, purchase trigger donations, some type of employee program. So we have to kind of see the whole infrastructure of what a company is doing to really say, you know what, maybe they should be doing more than just pinups at the register.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Any other trends for 2016 that you see as you're looking into your crystal ball?
1: Well, I know one of the big trends is that you and I will be here every week talking Mm -hmm. about cause marketing promotions. I will be writing on my blog and uh, speaking on my blog through the podcast every week and hopefully have lots of new and exciting graphics and infographics. And I've got some great things planned for next year too. And, uh, and I'm going to be a cause marketing forum, just like you, Megan
0: yay june yep. 1st and 2nd
1: yep in chicago yeah so that will be a lot of fun and and i think we've already decided i'm going to be doing 30 ideas in 30 minutes is that what it is and something like that something like that and uh, that should be a lot of fun and i love giving people uh, quick uh, actionable ideas that they can use what about you what will you be doing at the cost Marketing forum besides running around
0: I will hopefully be sitting in on your session. I'm hoping it's not competing with mine. I'm going to do another point-of-sale session with Maureen Carlson, speaking of of, of point-of-sale, from Good Scout Group. So we had a really great discussion. I did this session last year with Phil Haidt of Public, and we had a really great discussion just talking to people in the room, obviously offering some information from the front of the room, but also trying to get people that were there involved in the discussion about what's working for them and the questions that they had. So we're going to try to recreate that. This year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an awesome year.
0: Absolutely. Well, where can people find your Best Cause Promotions of 2015 when it comes out? And where can they find you online?
1: Well, they can obviously find them on SelfishGiven.com. I'll also be doing something on SlideShare. By the way, on my blog and on SlideShare right now, you can check out the 2014 uh, Best Cause Marketing Promotions. So that should give you a good start. And I actually go back a couple of years on my blog post for that. So you can check out previous year's uh, winners. And so people can find me on Selfish Giving. Of course, they can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. And of course, all those Pinterest pins that I have on uh, Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you?
0: I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find today's show notes at causeupdate.com as well as selfishgiving.com, as Joe just mentioned. And of course, you can find Cause Talk Radio on iTunes. Make it your 2016 resolution to subscribe to the podcast. That would be and awesome. And if you really want to go the extra mile, leave us a review of the podcast. Let us know what you think. I'm gonna definitely I'm gonna definitely
1: subscribe story. and comment. <laughs>
0: Uh, You're about two years late to doing that, my friend. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us for another episode of Cause Talk Radio. Have a happy new year and we will talk to you in 2016.